0: It's the sound
1: of the start of your weekend. Welcome to the NTT20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. This podcast is for over-18s only. Gambling comes with significant risks, so please be gambler aware. Head to begambleaware.org to either learn or brush up on the risks that come with gambling. Last weekend, week 30... The best weekend of the season, cumulatively, and mainly down to the man sitting opposite me, the Hungary hippo, George Alec. Hi. What yes. a week that was.
0: Yeah, I mean, having had back-to-back, uh, to have back-to-back zero pointers, so, you know, let's not overblow this. I think variance has been on my side. Um, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to be that bad, never going to be this good. So over the course of the three weeks, probably about
1: flat. Plus 10 points. Woo! Sounds pretty good to me. I'm going to give you a little bit more credit than I think Variance is on my side. You've been pushing the Middlesbrough goals bet pretty hard for a few weeks. You've hit the post a couple of times and you very much stuck it in the top corner with Middlesbrough over 3.5 goals, a winner at 6-1. to against Reading absolutely loved that both of our naps and both of our next bests winning uh, particularly Sheffield Wednesday to winter nil at 21 to 10 my next best you had Cheltenham at seven to five uh, Coventry won four nil your nap 13 to 10 A Luton one for me at even money they were all pretty comfy as well which is rare and nice you laid Derby and they threw away two goal lead to draw against Shrewsbury and then the aforementioned six to one winner your goals bet Um, For me, uh, Northampton Lay was a loser. My goals bet was a loser, as always. And Callum Lang wasn't in the squad. Perfect. Money back. Money back. I know that there are some people that like to do the NAP and NB fourfold uh, after listening to the pod. And I often feel bad because I don't feel like we get them up as much as I expect us to or much as I would like us to. But I went back and looked at the stats. That was the second time this season the nap nb quad came in uh that one at 33 to 1 and in week 19 it was a 26 to 1 winner so that made me feel a little bit better let's get into the weekend action i'm a little bit concerned that some of the snow in parts of the country might scupper us with some more postponements i thought we were past that hopefully we are hopefully we'll have 36 fixtures uh, if we do what do you make the best bet of the 36 what's your nap
0: stockport county to beat colchester united maybe a game I mean Colchester should be alright uh, League 2 obviously though means that if the weather is bad then maybe uh, there is going to be a frozen pitch this could be one that is um, when one that might go but Stockport to me you know, I've, I, I don't think there are many occasions this season where you can back Stockport at like a, an even money or an odds against price what is the price even money against one of the poorer teams in the division and I know that Colchester have, have been improved and I know that they are now safe for relegation and the rest of it but I think we've seen something quite clearly a regression over the last couple of weeks um, that predated Matt Bloomfield moving on. Did you know, Ali, Colchester United haven't scored
1: in their last four games? I didn't know that. I didn't know that Stockport haven't scored in their last three games. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Colchester, three defeats on the bounce in their last
0: three games up against three sides in Carlisle, Northampton and Bradford City who are in that promotion mix with... um, with Stockport, so kind of collateral form, I guess you would anticipate that Stockport should be able to win this one fairly comfortably. Um, bizarrely, though, Stockport actually haven't scored in their last three games, um, which might surprise some people. <laughs> uh, they've drawn their last two games nil-nil. I don't think there has been a great deal to be worried about in terms of the the performances there. I think defensively they are so solid, and I I struggle to see why um, or how Colchester would pose them too many difficulties. Um, defensively and then when you look at the you know attacking output of those three games um, it hasn't been like they've been completely blunt they were, were by far the better team against Gilliam Gilliam didn't have a shot after 55th minute George Stockport created 1.3 expected goals in the game deserved to win it same against Doncaster weirdly Doncaster also didn't have a shot after 55th minute so um, basically you have to score within 55 minutes against Stockport otherwise you're not going to have a shot and again the XG was exactly the same so basically two fairly dominant home performances against Uh, okay sides and they probably deserved to win both of them and they come away with two nil nil draws that isn't going to last you know that they are going to score at some point fairly soon the away performance against Barrow was was slightly more concerning that they were just not at the races that day at all but a lot of teams have gone to Barrow and struggled to break them down uh, this season and that was the latest of that and that came after a run of five wins in a row where Stockport scored three goals in two of them and two goals in the other three so I don't think they have much trouble in terms of being an attacking side I think it's just one of those mini blips that will right itself fairly soon and up against the Colchester side where Ben will take charge for the first time I guess because Colchester had that run of form which has made them safe from relegation I think we'll probably see Ben trying to implement his footballing philosophy basically I mean I say they're safe they are still in 20th position but there are nine points between them and Crawley. It's hard to see that made up, but. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. Well, but then I guess my point is I, I assume we're going to see Garner try and implement his philosophy straight away, which, given that this squad wasn't built to play possession based football, given that's not really what they've done all season, it might make it quite a clunky transition. And I wouldn't, even though I think that Garner is a good appointment long term, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't finish the season particularly well. Um, so, yeah, I am. Um, just want to get a stockport basically i think port away at even money against basically any of those teams in the bottom end of the table is is value for me and colchester maybe being a little bit overrated after that good run of form when you know the loss of bloomfield and the recent performances and results have been not very good so yeah even money stock
1: okay uh, my nap also even money in league one though sheffield wednesday the league leaders to beat portsmouth At Fratton Park on Saturday at Even Money with the Betfair Sportsbook is my best bet of the weekend. Um, They did it for me last week, beating Peterborough to nil, uh, but just the win this week against Pompey. I respect the start that John Monsignor has made. Uh, He's picked up, well, he picked up 20 points from his first uh, 10 games. They then got pretty comfortably beaten in midweek against Barnsley. Uh, Looking at the 10, 11 games under Moussinho so far, kind of trying to analyse as best I can and see to what extent he's improved them defensively, to what extent he's improved the attacking patterns of play. I'm just not ready to be convinced yet, and particularly when... Essentially, I'm just holding Portsmouth to high standards. I expect them at some point to click, to get it right somehow and finish in the top six of this division again and be among the big hitters in the division. But I don't think they compare that well to the big hitters, even with 20 points from 11 games under Moussinho. Sheffield Wednesday, of course, the biggest hitters of all on ridiculous form. They're in that EFL football paradise zone that you get in March, April time, where a really, really good team just reaches sort of utopia where every cog in the machine is well-oiled and in the right place and moving in rhythm and it's pretty beautiful stuff you know they beat posh it was one nil with an own goal and you made the point on the monday pod it was the, the most dominant 1-0 with an own goal win that you're likely to see. They controlled the game entirely. Peterborough United had three shots total against them. Um, they could have scored a few other goals and in the end it was a you know, it was an own goal, but it was a beautiful move with Bannon and Jaden Brown involved um to, to coax the own goal out of Thompson. They're in such good nick. Um, it's a system that I love, the the sort of three, one, four, two. Uh, Windas is an absolute menace up front, Smith the perfect target man for them at the moment, Byers and Bannon absolutely excellent in midfield with Volks the anchor uh, and whoever plays at wing back, last game it was Jaden Brown and Liam Palmer, they always seem to be impacting things as well going forward, Uh, Flint been very very solid since he's come in, the outside centre-backs Famwo and Iorfa uh, are doing those roles pretty well, so yeah every cog in the machine going well. I'm not ready to put Portsmouth on any kind of pedestal just because of a, a bit of last chunk of the season pressure off new manager decent results we've seen that from them previously it doesn't necessarily mean that they are uh, definitively an excellent team their defensive numbers are not that tight and outside of Colby Bishop they're they're lacking consistent goal threats at the moment albeit he's currently enjoying some very very good form so I think the teams that Portsmouth have not beaten under Messina, are a bit more prescriptive than the ones that they have generally when they've played teams in the bottom chunk of the table they have won those games but particularly that game against Barnsley in midweek for example when they're coming up against the the, the better teams in the division who are more well put together more well oiled at this stage of the season they're uh, they're not doing the business I think those are the games that are more prescriptive here and, and that's why I think they'll be in the on the back foot uh, against the Sheffield Wednesday team that have won two thirds of their league matches for over a year now Uh, I'll take the even money that they get this one done to Sheffield Wednesday. My nap. Next best.
0: My next best is Barnsley to beat Plymouth at home. Also even money, the same price as my nap. Um, Plymouth Argyle, what an unbelievable result and performance in midweek to go 1-0 down against Derby and to come back and win the game 2-1. Their home record this season is, it's a joke really. They are incredible at home and all credit to Stephen Schumacher for being able to, to not only get a side to be in the kind of form they're in, but also to have the resilience to bounce back from the 5-2 defeat against Peterborough to, to come back and put in the performance uh, against Derby um, after that and, of course, uh, against Charlton on the weekend as well. But their away form is much more of a concern where last time out we saw them, as I say, go to Peterborough, lose 5-2. Peterborough's form after that game <laughs> doesn't particularly um, make it age very well they went to an Oxford side who are losing every game beaten 3-1 understandably but also went to Hillsborough and lost the game 1-0 against Sheffield Wednesday where yes they only lost 1-0 but they basically didn't create anything until the dying um, embers of the game and it did in fairness put in a good performance at Portman Road to draw that game 1-0 through a very late Barley Mumba um, equaliser but what I'm saying is that Argyle at home the best home team in the division by miles if they do go up this season it's going to be because of that Um, But away from home, they don't seem to be quite the same. I'm kind of fascinated by how crazy uh, performance levels can change between home and away. I don't really get it, but it's one of those things that even though you don't understand it, you just have to accept that it exists um, like, I don't know, gas. Um, (laughs) And then with Barnsley, on the other hand, their home form is rampant. Their last two home games, Barnsley, they beat Derby 4-1 in the game that we previewed on YouTube. We both said we thought, I I thought Derby would win. Barnsley beat them 4-1, were completely dominant on the day. And then Pompey, who, as you mentioned, under John Messina, have been in great form. Again, a really dominant 3-1 win uh, with that Pompey goal um, through Colby Bishop being a pretty rare foray forward and Barnsley being very good value for that win as well. So not only are Barnsley one of the better home teams in the division, they've only lost three games at home this season, one of which was uh, a fairly recent 3-0 loss to Bolton, which is a bit of a trouble. But before that, um, one loss against Wickham in August, two defeats in October against Lincoln and Exeter. They, they basically won every other game at home this season apart from one all draw. Well, they have won every other game at home this season apart from one all draw. So their, their home form is, is fairly rock solid. A repeat of the, the performances against Pompey and, and Derby, I think it should be enough to see them through here. And then you add to that that this is... A game which is is massive. It's it's massive for for Barnsley because with their position in the League One table at the moment, um, given games in hand as well, uh, Barnsley come into this just at eleven points behind Plymouth Argyle, but with two games in hand. If they can win this game, then they are properly in the automatic promotion race. You know, they are that would be them really reeling in Argyle. Uh, whereas for Argyle, a point would be a great result. And I think with the you know the, the amateur psychology that comes into it with this. Um, with the team coming into it and Argyle probably knowing that a point would be something they would go home happy with. Um, You know, that that in my mind would favour the the team, the aggressor at home. So even money about Barnsley to beat Argyle. um, You know, no disrespect to Argyle at all, but I do think Barnsley's home form and their performances of late have been really impressive.
1: First three picks, all even money. What's the fourth? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm six to four. When I'm 64, yeah, I know, the right. Beatles. Yeah. Mansfield, 6-4, to four, my nap, uh, against Leighton Orient, league-leading Leighton Orient. So very much backing the League 1 league leaders, very much backing the opposition of the League 2 league leaders. Uh, I think Mansfield right now are hitting very, very good levels. Uh, they've won four out of their last five games, one absolute aberration at home to Salford, uh, was the, the only sort of blip, the exception to the rule. They've been a little iffy at home this season at times and regular listeners of the betting show will know that I don't always necessarily trust Mansfield. So there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of concern on that front but the numbers don't lie. They have the top XG ratio in League 2 over the last eight and that's despite a fair few absentees. There's like at least five first teamers out at the moment. They've got a really strong squad and without them they're still finding a, a group of players to perform and to hit some really high levels. They get goals from all over set piece goals Um, Harbottle in particular very dangerous from those open play goals from a number of different sources a lot of midfield goals they get Uh, and Davis Keylor Dunn Davis Keylor Dunn
0: got to stop singing as much as you are on this podcast haven't we?
1: He is in good form as well and has scored three in his last three Uh, Mansfield is a team 19 goals in their last eight games that's the most in League 2 in that time so I'm painting a picture of a team in yellow (laughs) scoring goals playing well having fun at Leighton Orient come to Fields Mill? It's not called that, is it? The One Call Stadium? Mm. One Call. Is that still the sponsor? There'll be something else now. They come to the Mansfield Windows and Doors Stadium um, with a two wins, three draws, three defeat record in their last eight away from home, scoring less than a goal a game. Uh, if you go back to Christmas time, from that point, Orient have, haven't been... You know, the floodgates haven't been open when it comes to scoring. I think it's 11 in their last, like, 14 games, albeit that was down to a a real blank spot uh, at the end of December and the start of January. They've picked up a little more recently, but it's still their defence that's kind of fueling them, uh, gritting and grinding out these results and making sure that they're in a a very, very sweet spot to win uh, promotion and most likely win the league. Orient have obviously got these excellent intangibles this grit and determination and game management uh, all that sort of stuff they, they, they very very rarely give up leads and that's helped them win a lot of games and and it, there's no doubt in my mind that 35 games in Leighton Orient are fully deserving of their top of the table sta- status Richie Wellens has done another incredible job having taken over when they were 20th they're probably going to win League 2 he took over Swindon when they were 17th the next season they won League 2 he's an excellent manager but they're not unbeatable in my eyes, they're probably not the best team in the league right now. And I really hope any Orient fans listening understand that I don't mean they are not deserving of being top of the table. But right now, in terms of performance levels, I think it could be Mansfield. And so I'm backing them to win at home 6-4 to four against Leighton Orient. Don't forget, it's bet 10 get 2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL hackers this season, you get a £2 free bet. T's and C's in the bio slash description of this podcast. Over on the exchange, George... Do a laper. <laughs> Charlton Athletic and um,
0: who are at home to Accrington Stanley and they're 1.75 to win the game. Um,
1: I'm just pretty uh, down on Charlton at the moment. You're not having it?
0: Not at all, to be fair.
1: You know what? When you did that bit on the Monday pod, probably two or three Mondays ago, it felt punchy and to me it felt premature and then almost immediately I realised that it was in neither of those things. Thank you very much. Since then you've been looking quite good on that front.
0: Yeah, they've, they've won one of their last six games and that was a 1-0 away win at Forest Green, which is kind of, I think you'd anticipate that they should win that game. And in that 1-0 away win at Forest Green, um, they lost the XG battle in it, although they did go ahead early, so that's going to play a part. Um, they did put in a good performance at Peterborough, but as I say, Peterborough's form recently isn't great and, you know, they weren't overly dominant. It was just better than what we'd seen. But, uh, you know, they barely registered um, at... Plymouth Argyle in the 2-0 defeat last weekend um, you know it's f- it's fair to point out that they have you know, the games we're talking about here being beaten by Sheffield Wednesday Derby Plymouth Argyle these are some of the better teams in the division and that is fair but it's just the performance levels week in week in, week out that I don't think are very impressive every single team they play against regardless of quality including Forest Green in that way they won the game 1-0 find it pretty easy to to create chances against them. If you look at Oxford's form recently, in a run of, of one point in twenty four prior to Kyle Robinson sacking, the beginning of that was a dominant home win against Dean Holden's Charlton, where they were the better side by Miles. Like it just feels like every team who come up against Charlton put in a really good performance. And I think the common denominator there is the team that they're playing against. Also, there's a lot of off-field issues at the moment. Whether or not Dean Holden, who still has a lot of credit in the bank with Charlton fans, uh, is going to get a new contract is, is yet to be seen. I personally think from his point of view, it would be good to get that contract signed ASAP because if the if the performances don't improve against weaker opposition, then quite soon I think the fans probably wouldn't support that. We don't know where we stand with the takeover at the moment. Again, Charlton, another side totally in limbo in terms of, of where they are in the league table. They're not going to get relegated. They're not going to go up in limbo off the pitch as well in terms of um of their uh you know of what's going on it's just a club not in a great place not putting in particularly good um performances consistently up against an Accrington side who aren't great either but you know they they got beat 3-0 at Ipswich in midweek as you'd expect but prior to that they came into that game having picked up seven points from their last three against Forest Green, Burton and Shrewsbury so you know, John Coleman is a bit of a master. This is a huge game. Every game for them at the moment is massive. It's basically a a, a coin toss, whether they get relegated according to the Betfair book at the moment around about the even money mark for relegation. Um, and I think they will come here fancying their chances against Charlton and should have enough to to create. So I think Charlton are too short. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, you know, as is always the case at home and against weak opposition, they might, put in a better performance but I think I've seen enough to to think they're a a big one to swerve at heavy odds against.
1: Yes, I have laid Grimsby Town at home to Rochdale. All of my picks so far containing either the team at the top of their division or the bottom of it now. uh, Rochdale, 24th in League Two. And I'm just playing last week's performance and win against Stevenage being a little heartbeat. Just a little (laughs) sign that maybe they've got something to say to those writing them off. Maybe Jim Bentley, who famously never got relegated with Morecambe, even though he found more and more elaborate ways of avoiding relegation, might, might feel like doing the same with Rochdale. They were just very, very good. Um, As you mentioned on the Monday pod, you know, Stevenage had a ton of shots. Their XG by the end of the game was very, very high. But that's because Rochdale were 2-0 up and that's because Rochdale were happy to defend that lead and they did so pretty well. They blocked a ton of shots. Uh, the defence came out with a lot of credit. Malarkey, um, who joined in January, he's been really, really popular playing on the right side uh, of the defence. And Briley, the, the 19-year-old, deep-lying playmaker uh, is getting a ton of credit and looks to, to sort of have really improved and unlocked a bit of ball progression um, in the absence of, of uh, Kelly in particular um, and uh, and I want to get with that partly because they're away at Grimsby George who have only won three of 16 at Blundell Park this so season. So weird. Very very weird. Mm. You know what you find that the discrepancy between home and away performances and results quite weird and you also find the concept of gas quite weird seemingly. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, just something that you
0: can't see but you have to take a word for it that exists <laughs> what better example is there
1: well I, I find the concept yeah? I find the concept of a team like Grimsby who could beat five teams in divisions above them to reach the FA Cup quarter final, being incapable of winning more than three games out of 16 in front of their rabid home fans it's almost
0: like football is a game full of chance
1: <laughs> also thinking about it I've never really grasped fish or trusted them what What are they?
0: Hey, you can't grasp on this whole point and slip out.
1: <laughs> Why are they? <laughs> anyway I'm hoping that Devante Rodney will be Rochdale's slippery eel uh, and score another goal here. I'm laying Grimsby at 1.97. Let's move on to a goals bet.
0: Goals goals goals. I am returning to the borough. Swansea um, against Middlesbrough. I'm backing Middlesbrough to score over two and a half goals this time at 19 to 5 so just shy of 4 to 1. Swansea come into this having picked up one point from their last four. Um, Their last two home games have seen them draw one all against Rotherham and concede three against Stoke. You know, if, if Stoke can manage it, can Borough. That's what I'm asking of you here. Um this is not a very fun game for Russell Martin and Swansea to come into, given their poor form at the moment. Again, very little to play for for them, unlike for Borough, where every game at the moment is massive. And as they try and trace down Sheffield United into second place in the Championship. And I fancy them basically value every week to do so because because of the way they're set up, because of the form of so many goal scorers, um, Atpom the headliner. But I think because At is playing so well, it kind of goes missing how many other Borough attackers, you've got who are playing well and scoring goals. Force Archer and McGree and, and others to that effect too. So, um, and Ryan Giles playing incredibly well down the left-hand side, just creating opportunities at will um, with that beautiful left foot, left foot of his. So, um, yeah, and and because of you know the slightly toxic atmosphere at Swansea as well, if things don't start and and Borough can get ahead early, it could, might descend into into chaos. So, over two and a half Borough goals is my. Goals section.
1: Over two and a half Salford goals is my goals selection at nineteen to five. Same bet as you, different team. Salford are away at Crew. This one's on Friday night, so I hope for the listeners' sake that they're listening to this before seven forty-five on Friday night. Crew hosting Salford, a Salford side who have scored the joint most away goals in League Two, a Salford side that have the highest xG away from home in League Two, the best attacking team away from home in League Two. Salford are part of a chunk of teams who not only want to solidify and protect their playoff berth but are also looking longingly and quite hungrily at second and third place. It's all still on the table and they're in really good shape as well. Crew. On the other side, having changed managers, they're unbeaten in six. Five of them have been draws and one win. They have, I think, done enough to get themselves out of anything super scary in terms of a relegation battle. Um, But, albeit there's been some improvement from the real dark days of like two months ago where they, they did look like the worst team in the league for a couple of weeks, I'm still not convinced that there's a huge amount about them, to be quite honest with you. The goals angle comes a little from the fact that Salford are the best attacking team in the way, uh, away from home in League Two, and a little bit from the fact that Rod McDonald is Crew's probably strongest defender in recent weeks, uh, and he is suspended after a Kung Fu kick against Sutton last weekend. So I'm just banking on maybe there being a little bit of slippage for Crew and a Salford team that, with their array of attacking talent, whether it's Matt Smith, Callum Hendry, Connor McElhenney, and more uh, might decide to rack up the goals if they get ahead here. Trying to jump on your bandwagon here. Salford over 2.5 goals, 4.8, 19 to 5. Betfair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. With Betfair's Popular Bet Builder, you can easily add trending EFL Bet Builder selections to your bet slip in one tap. Download the Betfair Sportsbook app, head to the football section, you'll see the popular bet builders at the top of the page. Goal scorer.
0: I'm backing Lassa Sorensen for Lincoln to score any time at 12 to 1 against Exeter um, he hasn't started that many games as of late but he has started their last two games at right back having played quite a lot of the season in central midfield and I was struck by well when the, when the score was nil nil, how advanced he was playing he was basically playing as a right winger um, he was getting to the final third a lot he had one long range shot saved by Simon Eastwood And then I had a look and he played in the same position against Cheltenham. And again, his his position was very high. He had another shot this time from a corner um, that didn't go in. Then interestingly, if you go back to his first start before those two games at right back, he actually played holding midfield against Cambridge in um, the end of January in the 0-0 draw. They destroyed every game 0-0. Maybe just bat Um, (laughs) 0-0. And um, he had three shots in that game. So I think he's someone who when he's playing is, is kind of knocking on the door. He hasn't scored yet this season. It's a big price. And as i say i mean with lincoln um for those you know someone actually came over to me um leaving the stadium leaving the lner and came over and nudged me and said i had to buy the house on nil nil i'm livid no <laughs>
1: i hope they use the exchange that's where the i price said
0: is. yeah and i said uh, it basically wasn't there wasn't it because nice it felt like a nil nil um so that was a shame i mean yeah,
1: value loser alert
0: I wouldn't put you off backing Lassa Sorensen score any time and no goal scorer but but either way I think it's a spot of value I think he's playing in a more advanced position I think he because he hasn't scored yet this season his price is massive and it wouldn't surprise me to see him notch at some point in the next few weeks up against an extra side who you know a uh, value uh, sorry a uh, favourites for this and probably rightly so but they're not the the best defensive side at all times. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a speculative one. And I'm going to be back in leave Davis as well, but I'm not bringing it up as my pick.
1: Someone came up to me after my 6 aside game last night and said, love the pod. He was talking about the Athletic Football Tactics pod. <laughs>
0: it's weird. I didn't know anyone listened to that.
1: <laughs> Does he listen to the weekend preview? I've made half of that up. Someone did come up to me at the end of the game last night and said, love the pod. But I didn't find out which pod he was talking about. But I still thought it'd be funny to see your reaction.
0: So you probably assume it's it's this one.
1: Well, based on probability, no, because more people in the world listen to the other one. Is that true? Yes.
0: I had no one listen to. That. <laughs> I had everyone listen to the Athletic Weekend Preview Show, <laughs> and you can only listen to one. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, my goal scorer, uh, despite the fact, George, that he's only scored six in thirty-four, I'm backing Sam Smith anytime. Stay with me. Yeah. Because I know I'm not the only one. Sam Smith, I'm pretty sure, and XG models vary, and some are public and some are private or paid for, but I'm pretty sure he has the largest XG underperformance largest. in League 1 this season. The largest hmm. XG underperformance in League 1 this season. Yeah. Any issues with my use of largest there? I just just Normally,
0: I think you would say biggest. It would just surprise me.
1: I like to keep <laughs> you guessing after seven years. Anyway, Sam Smith, shots... Yes, he loves them. Rack him up, please, barkeep, because Sam Smith has had the fifth total shots, most shots total in League One this season, sixth for shots on target in League One this season, only six goals. He's not been finishing his chances. Let's get that out of the way first. Um, but he is Cambridge's biggest goal threat by miles, and he's 4.2 to score any time. They're playing against MK Dons. I'm pretty sure this is value. And I'll tell you why. Cambridge have two major goal threats. I mean, major's probably pushing it. They don't score many goals. <laughs> they have two. They have a top two when it comes to goal threats, like every team. And it's Sam Smith and it's Harvey Nibs. Now, Nibs has missed the last uh, six games. And although Bonner said he might be back for this one, again, you're not sure about that. And it may be that he starts on the bench anyway to ease him back in. So that's their second biggest goal threat gone. Smith has had 50 shots in the last 15 games, so over three uh, shots per game in that time. That's 30% of all of Cambridge's shots in that time and 40% of their total XG in that time, the last 15 games. So he really is their big big chunk of their goal threat um mk dons who they're up against this weekend they have faced 98 shots in their last six games they average over 16 shots a game faced so applying some very basic mathematics and logic i think this is going to be smith having one of his many and regular three four five six seven eight nine shot games Whoa. he had nine shots against burton Cool. he's got that in him Mm. in 14 of his 30 starts he's had 3 shots or more that's what I think will happen against MK and surely mate one of them's got to go in at some point um, Sam Smith anytime 4.3 I'm excited about this one recap your selections please
0: Stockport my um, nap away at Colchester at even money uh, Barnsley at home to Plymouth Argyle my next best even money Lane Charlton at 1.75 at home to Accrington Stanley back in Borough over 2.5 goals at 19-5 to five. And then in any anytime at 12-1 to uh, for Lincoln
1: against Exeter. My bets are Sheffield Wednesday to win. My nap at, at even money there away at Portsmouth. I've backed Mansfield at 6-4 at home to Leighton Orient as my next best. Uh, those with the Betfair Sportsbook, I've laid Grimsby at 1.97 with the exchange. My goals pick is Salford to score over 2.5 goals at 4.8. That's 19-5. And my goalscorer pick, Sam Smith, anytime for Cambridge against MK Dons at 4.7 two with the Betfair sportsbook thanks to Betfair for supporting this podcast for sponsoring it and the Monday pod throughout the season and thank you for listening uh, a little bit overexcited got got a weekend off got a weekend away haven't I with my better half
0: both our wives' birthdays this weekend
1: celebrating the birth of well the anniversary of the birth of the most wonderful woman that's ever lived um, a
0: bit weird my wife's birthday is on Monday
1: down on the south coast probably walking along the beach, the, the crunch of pebbles beneath our feet with our delightful young terrier nettle barking away at seagulls. Anyway, I'm going to avoid all the scores on Saturday and watch the highlights blind first thing on Sunday morning. So uh, please don't tweet me uh, or message me if anything good happens because I don't want to know. We hope that you have a great weekend. Go out! It's, it's a, a star sound.
0: Star. I said st- the wrong thing. <laughs> I said it's a star. <laughs>